the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Try any three numbers. Now, this has been uh, going around on Twitter today, and I've yet to see an explanation for it. So here's what I want you to do. Go to Google. Do it right now, uh, assuming you're not in your car, not driving. If you have your phone or computer case, uh, computer handy, go to Google and type any three numbers, followed by these two words, new cases. Any three numbers, followed by the words new cases. Try it right now. Any three numbers, followed by two words, new cases. Maybe we can do it together here. Let's let's try it. I will... um, as soon as I find Google, I thought I had it up here. As soon as um, uh, you go to Google, you punch in. My, my, of course, my computer decides to freeze as I'm doing this beautiful um, <laughs> this, this this gimmick that I was going to do, this uh, bit that I'm going to do. Why would my computer freeze now? I'll do it on my phone. Uh, I'm just I'm at Google, and I'm going to type in uh, 890. New cases, okay? And here's what comes up. A long list. COVID-19 in West Virginia, 890 cases confirmed. That's followed by first person younger than 40 dies of COVID-19 in San Antonio as cases soar to 890. That's followed by Tennessee Department of Health reports over 890 new cases. Then the next one is Virginia sees 153 new cases, now reporting 901 uh, statewide. But within that story, Sunday's 890 cases reported in the Virginia Department of Health, blah, blah, blah. Okay, that's that's the numbers I picked there. I'll just pick three other numbers. How about uh, 234? 234 new cases, okay? Bingo. Kentucky announces 234 new cases of COVID-19, three deaths. Uh, Bashir announces 234 new cases of coronavirus, three more deaths. Uh, not live updates. Dallas County reports 300 and, uh, 234 new deaths. Uh, Dallas County reports a new daily high of 234 coronavirus day, uh, cases. I'll do uh, one more here. And it happens on every, any number you type in. I'll do uh, just pick 775, see what that shows us. 775, Florida reports more than 3,000 new cases for the fourth straight day, but the update shows 775 new COVID-19 cases since Thursday. Coronavirus in Louisiana, 775 new confirmed cases. That's on May 30th. Uh, coronavirus in Arizona update, 775 deaths in this one. State reports, uh, this is in, um, I don't know where this is. Oh, it's in Louisiana. State reports, 775 new coronavirus cases, uh, 34 in Tubido area. Uh, state reports, 775, and the whole page is full of it. Now, is that just a mathematics thing? Because there are so many different numbers out there and so many different places and all the combinations are covered that no matter what you put in, it's going to pop up. I'll try one more. 989. 989 new cases. Oh, Pennsylvania made the list. Pennsylvania Health Department reports 989 new coronavirus cases. Uh, state reports 989 new virus cases. That's uh, that's another Pennsylvania one. Uh, but then here you go. New numbers. 989 new coronavirus cases in Maryland. And then there's another one. Uh, Virginia sees 989 new coronavirus uh, cases. Um, so I, I, you, maybe somebody can explain that to me. I'm not smart enough to figure it out, but I think it's pretty interesting. Any number that you type in, uh, type in it, uh, it, it comes up with a story with those numbers in it talking about new cases of coronavirus. I have no idea what it means. Is it explained just by the fact that there are so many places with so many stories about new cases that, uh, you know, any number that you put in will match somebody's number somewhere? I don't know. Is it a hoax? I have no idea. But uh, no need to thank me for giving you something you can get hours of pleasure from at home tonight. 
and let me know how it works out. Uh, just type in the three numbers. Speaking of canceled, uh, in our second uh, half hour today, we'll talk to someone who will tell you why this war on statues that we're going through right now was inevitable. That's coming up at uh, a little after 5.30. Meanwhile, Jesse Kelly, a conservative commentator, he has a campaign going on Twitter. Um, and this is what he says. I am calling on both parties in Congress to pass the Strip University Credentials Act for every American university like Yale, Georgetown, and Brown who are founded by slave owners. I'm calling it the SUC Act. End university racism and these monuments to slavery. So he wants the same standards applied to uh, places and things that liberals love. Uh, Yale was founded by somebody named Elihu Yale, who bought and sold slaves, apparently. Not apparently, that's what he did. Georgetown's founder is a guy named John Carroll, uh, for which the school in Cleveland, John Carroll University, is also named. He was a slave owner, bought and sold slaves. Uh, and, uh, and Kelly calls on Hillary Clinton, a proud graduate of Yale, to get behind his campaign to change the name. Come on, Hillary. Of course, I can do him one better. I might have mentioned this last week, but I came across it uh, in the last few days. New York is named after the Duke of York. He was the Duke of York and the younger brother of King Charles II. His name was James. He later became King James. King Charles granted a charter to the company. It's called The, com- the, the, the company was called the Company of Royal Adventurers Trading to Africa. Guess what they were trading to and from, well, to from Africa. They were trading slaves. And the company was given a monopoly on British trade with West Africa. The city was named New York in honor of the Duke of York, the number one slave trader, I guess, in uh, the U.K. If he was given a, if he was given a, a monopoly, he must have had the, the, the market sewn up. So I don't know. Um, they're talking about changing the name in Columbus. They don't want the they don't want Columbus, Ohio anymore. Uh, how do you have How do you keep the city of New York named after a guy who was not just a slave owner? He was a slave trader and a big one, a big time operator. And by the way, it might be time to think about changing the name of our local baseball team. Uh, did you know that pirates, along with uh, of course killing, raping, and pillaging, which they were very good at. They also stole, bought, and, uh, and, and sold slaves. Of course, that would also mean changing the name of the Raiders, who I believe are going to play in Las Vegas if there's a season, and the Buccaneers in the NFL. They, they also are different names for Pirates. And here's one. The Masters Golf Tournament hasn't been played yet, but a writer at Deadspin, I, uh, some people are surprised that that uh, site even still exists, but a writer at uh, Deadspin, he says that the Masters Golf Tournament, uh, should the name of that should be changed. He says the name, the Masters, must go. And, um, of course, the Heralded Golf Tournament, this is him writing, the, the Heralded Golf Tournament, one of the four majors, needs to go back to the original um, name, the Augusta, Invita- Augusta National Invitational. It became the Masters in uh, 1939. And... Um, Tiger Woods, other big-name golfers, and corporate um, sponsorships should demand it. I mean, he's talking about changing the name. Uh, he said it should be, these guys should demand it. In the current climate, with all the sweeping changes, it's only right and just. Best of all, in this case, it's simple and a smooth fix. This guy's name, by the way, is Rob Parker. Um, the Masters never felt good or even sounded good when you said it. And before we hear from the choir about tradition and history, save it. When that history and tradition is rooted in slavery, it shouldn't be preserved and honored. Augusta National is built on a property that used to be a slave plantation, and it's believed that slaves were housed on property. Well, that's uh, that's what Rob Parker says, and don't uh, don't doubt that there will be a movement somewhere to change the name of the Masters tournament because the name Masters. Only could po- the only thing it could possibly apply to would be slavery, which it, I don't think it has anything to do with. But Rob has decided that it does, so he wants the name to be changed. Uh, there are probably lots of businesses, by the way, in the South that are built on properties that were once plantations and housed slaves. It's a stain on America's history. We know that. Let's move on. I'll have more on that 
in a minute. When we come back, I'm going to tell you about some of the best writing on that subject of race that you'll find anywhere, and it's found on a sports site. Stick around. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book, Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member, and highest rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt, and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Call 800-900-8000. That's 800-900-8000. Learn why gold will outperform pumped up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Just call 800-900-8000. It's time to stop being crazy. Call 800-900-8000. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Now streaming on SalemNow.com is the brand new film, Selfie Dad. Selfie Dad is a very funny yet powerful movie about a Christian dad in a midlife crisis who becomes an overnight social media phenomenon, only to turn away from God and his family. But when he's confronted with a newfound friendship and the life-changing truths of the Bible, he learns the only way to have true happiness. Some of these things I just can't fix without some sort of direction. And I'm finding it right here in the Bible. God can do incredible things. Selfie Dad stars Christian comedians Michael Jr. and Shonda Pierce, as well as Grammy singer, YouTube star Jamie Grace, and War Room's Karen Abercrombie. It will inspire you to find the life-changing value of the Bible. Watch Selfie Dad at SalemNow.com and use promo code MOVIE to save 20%. That's SalemNow.com, promo code Movie. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, um, got some other stuff here for you. I, I Over the weekend, I read some of the best writing I've read in a long time. Uh, it's at a site called Outkick.com. It's Outkick the Coverage is the actual uh, original name of the, um, uh, of the site. Um, and they just signed um, Jason Whitlock up last week. I think he wrote his first column. If you you may have seen him on Fox, 
He's a, uh, a black man, and he's a former football player, and he's a really, really good uh, sports writer and commentator. He also blocks me on Twitter. So um, I don't know. I said something to him once about four years ago. Don't even remember what it was about. He didn't like it, so he blocked me. He probably has like 9 million followers, and, you know, he doesn't need me. So uh, I don't care. Uh, that doesn't change my opinion of him as a writer. Um, but this is a this is a piece he wrote for OutKick, and it's just, to me, it's just spectacular. Uh, the headline is, Ryan Clark and Jeannie Buss spotted Bigfoot again. And he says, uh, someone must inform the mainstream media that anti-black racism isn't Bigfoot. Uh, anti-black racism isn't climate change. There are no credible deniers. It's not Russiagate, Watergate, the Flategate, Benghazi Gate, or even Bill Gates' vaccine gate. It's not a conspiracy theory. Roughly 330 million citizens pretty much agree that Americans of all colors, including black, exhibit anti-black behavior from time to time. Where we disagree is on its level of impact, how best to combat it, and whether or not the government should take additional federal and state measures to curtail the behavior. Now, um, you know, he goes on to say, he brings it up because the, the media seems to be fixated on proving anti-black uh, racism actually exists as though it's news. And he's, he, there was a, a story on uh, ESPN that got a lot of coverage, uh, including a former it was, it was in, it involved the son of a former Steeler, Ryan Clark. Uh, Friday, ESPN concluded that a fast food customer allegedly calling former uh, NFL player Ryan Clark's son the N-word was national news. Clark's son Jordan posted on social media a story about an unnamed white woman calling him and two of his Arizona State football teammates the N-word as she drove away from the fast food window. Ryan Clark tearfully discussed the incident on the ESPN morning show, Get Up, and he published a video of Matt Berry, a white ESPN anchor, apologizing to Jordan Clark on behalf of the state of Arizona. This, this anchor went on TV on national television, Matt Berry, I don't know who he is, went on national television, and he apologized, I guess, on behalf of white people everywhere for the actions of this woman, who uh, dropped the N word on him and his friends at a at a fast food restaurant, and um, you're supposed to think that's wonderful, and that, it's nice that he would, you know, it's nice that he sympathizes with him and and makes sure that he tells everybody that what the woman said was terrible and all that. Not that anybody that that who who uh, doesn't think is terrible is going to care if he tells them that it is. If you don't already know that, it's you know you can't we we can't help you basically. But this is what. Um, this is what Jason Whitlock says. He says, uh, however, as a journalist and adult, I recognize the incident isn't remotely newsworthy. Human beings treat each other poorly. We can be rude, crude, disrespectful, disrespectful, and downright bigoted. But an anonymous white woman with no power to impact Jordan Clark's life, momentarily hurting his feelings, isn't news. I mean, is that a pretty good point? Uh, and see, it, it, this has to be made by a black person because I... I you know, I, I can't comment on what it feels like to be called that name, obviously, if I, I'm a white guy. But he says, a, a, a white woman with no power to impact Jordan Clark's, Clark's life, momentarily hurting his feelings, isn't news. Unfortunately, it's life. If every incident of word-driven hurt feelings is national news, no wonder we have no time to discuss behavior that legitimately damages life. We've turned anti-black racism into Bigfoot. News of its existence is more interesting and important than the unsolved murders of thousands of black men across this country. Think about it. I guarantee you a young black man will be murdered in the Phoenix area within the next week, and it won't receive one-tenth the intention of a white woman calling Jordan Clark a nasty name. Great point. Jordan Clark is the son of a famous guy, a, a former NFL player, and a guy who's maintaining his fame and notoriety by being on ESPN. So the fact that someone said it to him, uh, it's it's rotten and it stinks, and, uh, and and everybody thinks it's terrible, but it's not a big news story. And 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 what Jason Whitlock is saying is it shouldn't. You know, this kid, uh, he's a college kid, college football player. Uh, Jordan Clark shouldn't. It's just it, it's not that big a deal. And then he says also on Friday via Instagram, Lakers owner Jeannie Buss 
released a letter from a Lakers fan that degraded her and called Lakers players the N-word. This is what she wrote. After much thought, I decided to share this letter I received on Monday so that everyone can see the hate is real and living out there. This is happening in our world today. It's real and it exists. And Whitlock writes, Jeannie saw Bigfoot. The mainstream media covered her sighting like the moon landing of Apollo 11. And he goes on to say, bigoted, insecure cowards don't define me or other black people. They define themselves. The media should quit covering non-impactful acts of anti-black racism like their Bigfoot. That's the lowest hanging clickbait on the tree. It's better for us to explore attitudes and acts of racism that damage individuals, groups, and society at large. That uncomfortable conversation might have us wondering why we're so brazenly indifferent to the murder of thousands of young black men not killed by white men. And, by the way, there were some big numbers in Chicago, again, uh, this over the weekend of black uh, men killing other black men. And then he finishes by saying, the loud, nationally televised whining focused on hurt feelings makes black people, particularly black men, look weak and overly concerned with the opinions of Karen. It's another word that uh, that, that the Karen thing is a new one. Uh, you know, the, the, the women who complain or scolding women uh, are now are now known as Karens. Uh, I feel bad for people who are actually named Karen, except that my name's John. And, you know, I go out to the woods every day and I see the portage on and I'm, I'm devastated by it. But I've been able to live through it. So uh, and then I only got a couple minutes left here. There's another piece here by Jason Whitlock, which is uh, also really well written and makes the point that that, uh, you can blame corporate sponsors, not media for racial unrest. And he accuses these uh, so many uh, NFL players, uh, most of them black, of um, using their wokeness to make money. Uh, I guess one of the prime examples would be Colin Kaepernick, who got a, a multi-million dollar deal from Nike uh, so they could use his likeness in an ad. Uh, he says, under the pretense of seeking justice for an unjustly murdered career criminal, meaning George Floyd, we normalized widespread anarchy as the acceptable response to any event corporate sponsors of the news media seem racially unjust. Uh, he says, Sunday night, squeaky clean Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson opened the ESPY Awards in a Black Lives Matter T-shirt and repeating carefully crafted talking points about the deaths of George Floyd, Ahmaud Arbery, and Breonna Taylor. Russell Wilson is the Richie Cunningham of the NFL, seeing Russ dressed in black and, and, and uh, analogizing Colin Kaepernick to Bill Russell, Jim Brown, and Muhammad Ali is the equivalent of seeing J.J. Evans as a guest star on Happy Days. Corporate sponsors dictate what you see in print, on the web TV, the news, and at the ESPYs. Russell Wilson as Django uh, Django Unchained, sandwiched between Megan Rapinoe and Sue Bird as a television moment brought to you by Corporate America. So, Jason Whitlock, uh, you should check him out at outkick.com. And uh, when we come back, we are going to uh, talk a little bit more about these statues uh, and, what, and not so much about which ones went down, but why uh, this, what's happening with the statues and just the history in, history in general being attacked, uh, why it's happening and why it's, uh, it was inevitable that it would happen. So um, stick around for that. We'll have, uh, we'll have a discussion about that. But I just... Uh, the, the two columns that Jason Whitlock wrote are just spectacular to me, and um, he just keeps cranking them out. Uh, there was another one that he wrote, and I don't even have it here with me, but it was every bit as good. Everything he writes is, is great. He's, he might be a little bit of a grouch or something because, I mean, how could he possibly block me on Twitter? How could, he, how could this man possibly not like me? I mean, that's, I'm, I'm crushed by it. But anyway, I'll, I'll deal with that. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a, a little bit more about statues that are coming down, how stupid it is, and why it was inevitable. Stick around. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. For the second time in less than 48 hours, there was a shooting in Seattle's occupied protest zone. Police said the 17-year-old victim was treated and released The shooting happened late Sunday night in the area known as CHOP, or Capitol Hill Occupied Protest. 
It followed a pre-dawn shooting Saturday that left a 19-year-old man dead and another person critically injured. New York City venturing into a crucial stage in reopening on Monday today. Stores let browsers in, offices brought workers back, restaurants seated customers outdoors, residents both welcoming and worrying about the city's rebound from the nation's deadliest coronavirus outbreak. Today marked the second of four reopening spaces, but Mayor Bill de Blasio called it the biggest step. Stocks closing higher, the Dow gained 153 points. The Nasdaq was up 110 today. This is SRN News. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-880-7474. Select quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Larry Elder explains the talk. I, as a young black boy, had what some people call the talk with my parents about how I should behave if and when I am stopped by the police. Now, I must have missed the part where after my mom and my dad told me, be polite, cooperate fully, I must have missed the part where they then added, resist violently and, if possible, run. The Larry Elder Show, weeknights at 7 on AM 1250. The answer. Do you or your business have financial problems? Are you overwhelmed with debt? Then call me, Attorney Dennis Spira, at 412-471-7675. My legal practice concentrates on bankruptcy law, debtor rights, and tax matters. I have over 30 years' experience as a former United States Department of Justice bankruptcy attorney and lawyer in private practice. I have represented thousands of cases faced with financial problems and lawsuits. Reorganize and get a fresh start. Call 412-471-7675 or visit my website at DennisSpira.com. Scholars at the Allegheny Institute for Public Policy say the long financially troubled and often politically hacked, Pittsburgh Water and Sewer Authority faces a challenging road ahead as it attempts to cleanse its operations of past failures and meet new state oversight mandates. Learn more about this issue and others at AlleghenyInstitute.org, where conventional public policy thinking has been challenged since 1995. The Allegheny Institute, now celebrating 25 years. Relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Outbound Parkway East, we're looking at about an eight-minute delay. Boulevard of the Allies up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. And we're also seeing the off-ramp from Outbound Parkway East to Monroeville shut down for drainage work through July the 10th. Parkway West looking pretty good at this point. South Belfield Avenue, it shut down with a rally and protest between Forbes and Fifth Avenues. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight, Portland, a mostly cloudy, warm and humid, low 66. Humid tomorrow with more clouds than sunshine. Watch for a strong afternoon thunderstorm that can bring flash flooding and damaging winds. High tomorrow, 78. Wednesday, clouds and sunshine, perhaps a shower or a thunderstorm in some spots. High 76. 
with your AccuWeather forecast. I'm Brian May. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, these statues keep coming down. and <clears throat> Excuse me. More people get canceled every day for things they said or did a long time ago. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant, who did more for blacks in America probably than anybody but Abraham Lincoln, has come down. So is George Washington. Teddy Roosevelt is about to be moved from in front of the Natural Museum of History in New York. So what's happening here? Well, uh, Inez Stepman of the uh, Independent Worms, uh, of the Independent Women's Forum says it was inevitable. She joins us now. Inez, thanks for being here. Thanks for, ha- thanks for having me. So what, what made this inevitable? Um, well, I think if you look at uh, what our education system has been teaching from kindergarten all the way through graduate school or law degrees um, for the last several decades, I think it's, it's the same underlying premise, a, a premise I think is completely mistaken, uh, that you see in the protests and the riots today, which is that America is uniquely sexist and racist, that the American system has at its root um, this, this uh, terrible sin of, of racism and slavery, instead of just uh, being part of, of the entirety of human history, uh, not being as rosy as, as uh, most of our lives today, um, instead looking at America's sins as uniquely terrible and as resulting from the system that derives from the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And if you teach that, to a generation and a half, maybe two generations, my generation, millennials and Gen Z, um, I I think if you look at polls of my generation, you see that we've basically accepted this premise as as fact. And if you accept that premise as fact, why wouldn't you riot? Why wouldn't you pull down George Washington? Yeah, and you know what? uh, And as my, my question is why, with all the video we've seen of statues being pulled down, uh, I'm not seeing any video of the cops trying to prevent it or, or the people being arrested or someone getting their butt kicked by somebody else trying to prevent it. Well, I mean, I think, unfortunately, a lot of the police departments are being told to stand down by the mayor. But remember, this is only the latest uh, and more covered uh, sort of attempt to pull down a lot of these statues. It's been happening for the last few years. Uh, we've been We've been seeing at the local level um, here and there, even the clashes in Charlottesville between sort of alt-right, far-right protesters and, and far-left protesters was actually over a statue of Robert E. Lee. Um, and these statues have been defaced for years already. So this is, as I, I really think this is the inevitable consequence of teaching an entire generation to hate their country. Uh, look, my, my family came to this country um, from, from communist Poland, uh, came here for freedom, because who recognize that this country is uniquely um, free and prosperous, and there are so many things that are uniquely good about this country, uh, that whatever sins it may have had in the past, um, those, those are unremarkable, right? Every civilization in the history of the world has done some terrible things, um, but only America asserts the, uh, the underlying equality of individuals. Uh, only America respects the liberty of the individual. Uh, in its, its founding documents, uh, inspects, respects the dignity of each individual person in its founding documents. These are unique, positive things about America, and yet that's not what our, our entire generation learned in school. We learned that America is uniquely bad, and you see it in polls. You see it, uh, millennials and Gen Zers saying overwhelmingly, not only is America a racist and sexist country, but those flaws were in it from its founding. They derive from its founding, and it's uniquely so. America is one of the most unequal uh, societies. I think a, a recent poll showed um, uh, two-thirds of millennials think that uh, America is one of the most unequal societies on the planet, which is just you know, completely ahistorical and untrue. Uh, but this is what we've been teaching. So at, at the end of the day, it's not surprising that we find ourselves in this juncture. Yeah, I just wonder, though, you know, if you, if you traced it back, uh, the, the teachers who are now teaching uh, high school and, and middle school kids history, if they even teach American history anymore, uh, they're getting indoctrinated on college campuses. Where did it start? I mean, uh, I'm, a, I'm a baby boomer. Did, I, did my generation give birth to a bunch of people who were clueless? Or, I mean, where, where can you trace this back to, you know, because uh, I wasn't taught this stuff in school. 
and um, I'm old, but you know who who started this? Th- this um, um, I, I do think it's the, the generation of 1968. Um, I, I think that radicalism from the 60s uh, yeah. went into the universities. They became professors. They taught the next generation of teachers. I think millennials were the first ones to be taught in K through 12 by mm-hmm. essentially teachers who were post, um, you know, sort of new left from the late 60s, right? If you, if you go and look at some of the critical race theory, a lot of it starts to have its roots. Um, if you go back far enough, has its roots in the late 60s and early 70s. So, yeah, I do think that's ultimately where that, that cultural shift took place. Um, but more than that, I, I think that this is um, quite a condemnation on, on the conservative movement, Uh because if we look at the conservative movement, say, since William F. Buckley um, in, in the 1950s, um, it, it, we've really been satisfied with political victories, right? The, the Reagan revolution, um, they, they toppled the USSR, uh, but domestically, none of the, virtually none of the victories actually have lasted from the Reagan revolution. Um, and, and that's because I think the conservative movement focuses too much on short-term things like you know, tax cuts. I love tax cuts as much as the next person. I like to keep more of my own money. Um, but tax cuts aren't going to change the trajectory of this nation if you allow the far left to basically run every cultural institution in the country from K-12 to the universities to Hollywood to media. Now we're seeing the result of, of essentially a generation or two that's grown up with far left dominance of virtually every cultural institution and baked into the way they see the world are all of these far left assumptions. They're easily refuted by any textbook prior to the last 30 years, but nevertheless are, are these baked in assumptions about America, about the unique evilness of, of the society and country in which they live. I, I mean, it's, it's foolish to think, that, that it wouldn't result in riots. It's foolish to think that it wouldn't result in toppling statues. I mean, we have been teaching, we have allowed the left to teach an entire generation to hate their country. And, and the right essentially looked the other way because we were, were winning elections and getting tax cuts. And I, I think that's a huge condemnation on the conservative movement. And it needs to stop today. They need to start prioritizing things like education reform and deprioritizing things that are, are only little band-aids or short-term solutions to the underlying cultural unrest we have in this country. Yeah, and what the, I mean, I, I just wonder where uh, it stops. Um, how, if it's, it's a train rolling down the track, that's not, I don't know how you stop it at this point. I mean, and here's the thing, too, and as I, I don't, I know people who have kids that have gone to college and, and they've come back liberals and they didn't leave as liberals. Uh, and you think of the amount of money that's being spent on colleges now, and parents, conservative parents, are happily sending their kids away to places where they can't help but be indoctrinated into th- and, and being indoctrinated about things that their parents wouldn't agree with in, for, for one second. Well, it, it's one step worse even than that, I believe. It's every single taxpayer, so not just parents who are sending their kids to college thinking that they're, they're going to earn a degree and, and make a good living and instead are receiving some of these studies degrees that, are, you know, teach basically grievance against the country. Um, it's one step worse than that. We're all paying for it. Uh, the, the entire university model, the business model of universities in America today um, is entirely backed by the U.S. taxpayer. The U.S. taxpayer is the one who, who underwrites $1.7 trillion in outstanding student loans, which, by the way, is a large part of why universities keep getting more and more expensive. It's because the government keeps backing those loans. Um, but otherwise, there'd be some kind of common sense break on the market, right? Um, if, for example, a 17-year-old were to walk into Wells Fargo and say, I want $170,000 to study uh, you know, queer feminist literature at uh, a 2000th ranked um, on the U.S. World News Report college, Wells Fargo is going to say, how are you going to pay me back my $170,000, right? Um, but the U.S. taxpayer writes that off without, without a, a blink. Um, so I think that's a large part of the problem here. And unfortunately, the Republican Party has done very, very little to even freeze the amount of money going out in student loans. And I, I, I think that should absolutely, when I say that the, that the conservative movement should prioritize cultural institutions, I think that would be at the top of my list. The Republican Party should be looking to freeze student loans, if not to cut the amount of money that's going into universities and is essentially their lifeblood. 
because they're no longer performing the kind of public service they might have 40 years ago or 50 years ago. Instead, they're essentially activist training camps. And there's no reason why the average U.S. taxpayer, who, by the way, doesn't have a four-year college degree, uh, should have to pay to, uh, to train up little leftist activists who then pulled down George Washington in, in the town square. So that would be at the top of my list in terms of, of a real serious conservative movement that is serious about actually, uh, you know, putting up a fight for some of these institutions that shape culture. Uh, it, is, it is Inez or Inez? I'm sorry. It's Inez. Inez, that's what I thought. I thought I got it right the first time. I didn't yeah. want to go through this whole thing <laughs> got it right. and misidentify it. It's Inez Stepman of the Independent uh, Women's Forum we're talking to here. Um, I saw that George W. Bush and Laura uh, released a statement, just it might have been today, uh, talking about how we have to overcome the systemic racism in America. So is no one allowed to deny or question? If we, now we have George W. Bush is now on board with America being a systemically racist country. Uh, well, I deny it. I deny that America is a systemically racist country. Now, racism is endemic to the human heart, just like any other, you know, negative human trait like selfishness and greed. Um, and, and nobody's going to fully eradicate all racism um, from any country. But, but the United States is not today systemically racist. Uh, in fact, most institutions bend over backwards uh, to, to try uh, to include more people of color among their ranks, uh, whether that's corporate America, uh, whether that's the university system through affirmative action. Um, and, and so to, be, to imagine that there's some sort of systemic racism in America today is just simply not backed by the facts, even in the case of um, police brutality, uh, which I, I'm totally willing to have the policy conversation about police unions or qualified immunity. But I just I, I think that the right makes a mistake and, and folks like George W. Bush make mistakes when they they think that that's actually the conversation we're having when we talk about systemic racism. When, when the left talks about systemic racism, what, they, what they're really saying is this is built into the American way of life. It's built into the American system, the American Constitution, and we need to destroy all of those things in order to be, quote unquote, anti-racist. Um, and, and that's not my definition of racism. And I'm, I'm not going to uh, slander the United States, actually Frederick Douglass uh, himself, previously enslaved in this country and, and no stranger to uh, incredibly harsh criticism of America for its sin of slavery um, at the time when, when it was a little less comfortable than today. Um, but, but he actually called the idea that slavery was in some ways the cornerstone of the Constitution or the Declaration of Independence or the American system. He called it a slander on the, on the framers' memory. Um, and yet today, uh, generations removed from slavery, we have you know, what seems to be every institution from the New York Times to, you know, former Republican presidents and uh, arguing that, in fact, yes, agreeing in some strange way, in some backwards way, agreeing uh, with, with folks like uh, Justice Roger Taney prior to the Civil War, who rendered the Dred Scott decision saying, yes, uh, you know, this this uh, institution and racist institution is actually part of our documents. Instead of agreeing with Lincoln and saying it's not, instead of agreeing with Frederick Douglass and saying, no, the American founding is the greatest rebuke to slavery. It's the greatest rebuke to inequality. Um, and if we don't make that argument now, you know, I, I don't know how much longer I, I don't like to be, you know, alarmist. I, I haven't ever, um, you know, in the past written about a sort of coming civil war or anything like that. But um, I do see that we are more divided on fundamental questions of what it is to be an American, whether the American system is good or bad, uh, than we have at any time since the 1850s. And it's, it's incredibly worrying that we find ourselves at a time where not just the left, but even large parts of the right are unwilling to unabashedly stand up and defend the American system. Is, uh, what, what does this say, do you think, it has, uh, uh, about the fact that this is happening uh, a few years after we had back-to-back terms of a black president. Is it, is it despite that or because of that? Or does it not make any difference? I, I'm not sure it made all that much of a difference one way or the other, because that's the charge of systemic racism, right? That's why it's so hard to rebut. If you say that it's sort of floating in the ether, instead of pointing to a particular person, right, and saying, you are acting in a prejudiced way, and 
and you need to stop acting in that way. If you if you talk about it in sort of a gauzy, systemic way, and you you um, charge the entire system with that sin, um, it's it's you know it, it makes it so that it seems nearly irredeemable. Like no matter what people do, um, we'll never be able to escape. Uh, living in a racist society. And indeed, that's what the left is claiming, but it's a recipe for constant cultural revolution. It's a recipe for constant, you know, um, strife between Americans. And, and that's why I think, I think it's particularly dangerous, actually, in a country like America that is, is actually nearly unique in being so multi-ethnic from the beginning, from its founding, right? If you look at France or Germany or Italy, um, these are essentially united, united tribes, right? There were sort of a bunch of tribes, and then they formed together into a bigger tribe, and then those boundaries were basically drawn around that. It became a nation state. Um, now, they let in immigrants and so on, but, but the, the sort of core of the nation was, was once a tribe. The United States has never been like that, right? We were never founded as a tribal nation, um, and we've always been multi-ethnic, but that's exactly why it's so important. Our national motto is e pluribus unum, for a reason. It's so important for us to be one out of many, to have something in common. And what that used to be was a shared reverence for our founding, for our institutions of the founding, like the Constitution, like the Declaration. And the left has been taking aim exactly at those things that we hold in common for the last 50 years. And we're, you know, we're seeing the end of that. And as I'm, I'm out of time. I really appreciate you being here. The piece is up at thefederalist.com, and uh, and also uh, Inez is uh, with the Independent Women's Forum, and she's been on before. We'd we'll like to have you on again, Inez. Thank you very much. Thanks so much for having me. Okay, and we will be right back. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding, and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Gold. It's soaring. Are you missing it? If you have an IRA or 401k, you probably are. Less than 1% hold physical gold. We've been told by Wall Street it's for crazy people. Really? What's crazy about an asset that beats stocks two to one? I'm Adam Barada, national best-selling author of the book Gold is a Better Way, owner of Advantage Gold, an Inc. 5000 member, and highest rated gold IRA firm in the world. Gold is booming because gold is really about debt, and global debt is a pandemic. If you have an IRA or 401k, I want to give you my book for free. That's right, free. Text GOLD to 49776. That's the word GOLD to 49776. Learn why gold will outperform pumped-up stocks from this point forward. Turn your IRA into a wealth growth machine. Text the word GOLD to 49776. It's time to stop being crazy. Text GOLD to 49776. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-880-7474. That's 1-800-880-7474. Or go to selectquote.com. 
That's 1-800-880-7474. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issue and company, and other factors. Not available in all states. Do you have constipation with belly pain, straining, and bloating that keeps coming back? Take the five-question gut check to see if it could be more than occasional constipation. It could be irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC. Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medication that treats IBSC in adults. Linzess is not a laxative. It works differently. Linzess helps relieve belly pain and lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements. Individual results may vary. Do not give to children less than six, and it should not be given to children six to less than 18. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. Talk to your doctor about whether Linzess is right for you. Go to Linzess.com to take the five-question gut check. That's L-I-N-Z-E-S-S dot com. Or call 1-800-LINZESS. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Well, I don't know about you, but I think uh, Jimmy Kimmel is one of the most nauseating people on television right now. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time I watched a late-night TV show, any of the three. They're all excruciatingly liberal. Uh, I, I just can't look at them. And I used to be a big, big fan of David Letterman until he stopped being funny in about, I don't know, 2001, 2002. I don't know when it was. But uh, this is what I hope happens to uh, – well, I'm hoping that happens to Jimmy Kimmel is that he gets canceled because he is the type of guy who would love to see people get canceled. And um, he's got some stuff out there that, that has been uh, good enough to get other people canceled. He used the N-word in uh, an imitation of a Snoop Dogg song way back in 1960, 1996. He also impersonated uh, comic George Wallace. It's all on a podcast, and the uh, language in there is a, he's dropping N-words all over the place. He's been in blackface. Please, please, let's get the outrage going about Jimmy Kimmel and get him canceled just for me just please do it for me but he deserves it he's he'd be he'd be the type that if it was someone else he'd want him canceled i'll tell you the john's tomorrow show is a production of the answer pittsburgh and salem media group